Welcome to the Next Brave Thing podcast. My name is Ella Hooper, and I believe that breakthrough is on the other side of bravery. This podcast features brave stories, emotional health, and creativity to inspire you to take your next brave step. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Next Brave Thing. I'm so excited to have Bernie Uli joining me today. <laughs> yes. And, and you and um, and everyone is hearing me for the first time with Invisalign. So, <laughs> so, so everyone gets that joy to hear me lisp and figure out how to talk with them. So, No, listeners, I have to tell you. So I come in to the studio today and she says, I'm wearing Invisalign. I, I Literally, it lives up to its name. I could not see them for the life of me. So well done. I Good know. technology Thank there. And you yeah. sound great. Don't, no oh, worries. Thank no you. Worries. Yeah. Um, it's just me being self-conscious, but... You know, I'm going to try not to overthink it. But I'm excited to have um, Bernie on the podcast today because she um, actually helped start the ministry school that I went to and many years ago. And um, I'm going to post her bio in the show, ni- show notes. But I really, um, in a world full of, like, information, um, there's can be a lack of wisdom, though. Amen. There's a difference between (laughs) wisdom and information. And um, I think a lot of us can get locked into right and wrong, black and white thinking. And so I wanted to have Bernie on um, as a Bible teacher to really go into the biblical definition of what wisdom is Mm -hmm. and really kind of backwards and forwards some ideas and um, thoughts around what wisdom is. But yeah, before we kind of kick off the episode, um, yeah, I'd love people to know a little bit more about you. And Great. yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was uh, many, many moons ago. I uh, Ancient history. I went to Bible school in 1981 in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I think it's the buckle of the Bible belt. Um, I went <laughs> I've to, heard that yeah, too. Rima, yeah, Rima. And, uh, you know, there I got this great foundation in the Word of God, but also in the moving of the Spirit of God and how the Bible really came alive. It wasn't like this just ancient book and a, yeah. a list of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. It was life and it was power and it was applicable to where I was at today and it was wisdom. And so I came back um, to Reading with a vision for there to be a school in Reading, in my yeah. hometown. And uh, there wasn't anything going on at that time. And so long story short, uh, through many uh, adventures and tests and trials, you know, it came about 17 years after I came home. And every every experience I had along the way, every job, every relationships, it all prepared me for when the school finally arrived. And I was at Bethel, and they decided to start a school. And uh, Bill Johnson mm-hmm. just knew. Uh, I don't think anybody had told him that was my vision. I hadn't been sharing it with anybody really much. Uh, he just one day asked me to help start a school of ministry. Yeah. I mean, how about that? That's the Holy Spirit for you. Yeah. And uh, so we put the school together in a few months, and that was in 1998. We started with about 36 students. Wow. And uh, as the Bible says, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all you can ask, think, or even dream up, because yeah. he certainly exceeded my expectations. And so I was able to teach there and be part of administration for about 20 years. Yeah. And I recently retired, although you never really completely retired. I know. You know what I mean. I pulled you out of retirement <laughs> to come on my true. podcast. And, and Chris Vallett, <laughs> one of the leaders of the school, says, you know, this place is like Hotel California. You can yeah. check out, but you can't ever really leave. So, <laughs> yeah. seems, But you just know so many wonderful people and uh, their family, their mm-hmm. community. And yeah. uh, why would you really want to leave? So right. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for asking yeah, me. No, and so uh, I love the title of your podcast. Oh, the next, next brave thing. thing. Who doesn't want to listen to that? Yeah. <laughs> I, hopefully it causes people to take action. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with, like, how would you define uh, what is the biblical definition of wisdom? Right. And that sounds like such a heavy revy, doesn't yeah. it? Like wisdom, you yes. know, and, and God and mystery. Yeah. And really, wisdom biblically is not some esoteric enigma wrapped in a riddle, you know, floating around in the ether and this great mystery of God. Literally, the definition in both Hebrew and Greek, which the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and some Aramaic, but um, also Greek for New Testament, the definition of 
wisdom in both is skill. Really? Isn't that wild? And the Amplified Bible um, translates wisdom everywhere. It appears as skillful and godly wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think the best definition I've ever heard of wisdom is skillful living. Isn't it amazing that it is so practical? Yeah. This is rubber meets the road, Holy Spirit, influence, inspiration, guidance, you know, counsel, strategy in decision-making, in our relationships, in parenting, in investments, in, in all the aspects of living. And how beautiful is it that God cares that we live skillfully and successfully here and now, not just in the sweet by and by, but um, the Bible says he gives us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And we think of him as this eternal God, which he certainly is, and he gives us eternal life, but that starts now. It's a God quality of life. Mm. It's an abundant life. Yeah. Oh, I love an abundant life. Um, So, like, because I meet with a lot of people and they want to do the right thing. Like, I mean, I think for the most, well, actually, I've met people who don't care to do the right thing. But, like, (laughs) everyone is searching for the right thing. And I think we're influenced by what family, peers, we're influenced by, like, a lot of, you know, our cultural blueprint like oh, yeah. of what is right and what is wrong and yeah. what's the difference between actually what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom okay um i asked my husband this years ago cuz i was getting ready to teach on uh, certain aspects of wisdom in the school i said honey if you had to you know differentiate between knowledge and wisdom what would you say and i mean like out of the blue he goes okay it's like this knowledge would be having a bunch of tools in your garage but wisdom is knowing how to use them Oh, like, that is that, brilliant. That is you know, brilliant. I mean, it's yes. such a guy kind of, yeah, <laughs> not to be like it. gender bias or anything, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, really, uh, that just says it all. It's yeah. like we can accumulate so much knowledge, especially in this day and age, as you were mentioning, it's such an information. We are bombarded yeah. because of social media now, the 24-hour news cycle. We can have so much information and knowledge, but if it's not the right knowledge and we mm-hmm. don't know how to apply it yeah. and walk it out, it's does not serve us yeah. at all. It does not contribute to skillful living. Yeah, totally. And I think that sometimes fear can masquerade as wisdom. That's so true. It's a tricky one. This is, is, and that's why I love that you've highlighted it's a skill, yeah. skillful. Yeah. Um, because I think it takes great self awareness to kind of weed through your motives mm-hmm. and your your understand what is the spirit or your intuition versus fear like yeah. was spirit of fear or you know so how have you seen that sort of happen where wisdom can kind of what are some ways that wisdom can masquerade as uh, sorry, fear can masquerade as wisdom. Right, and I equate this to how sometimes worry masquerades as responsibility. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, I'm really concerned and I'm really yeah. worried and I'm being responsible and I'm considering all the options. I'm thinking about the ramifications and what could happen. And and I understand that. And there are legitimate concerns, obviously. Sure. There are yeah. things we are not foolishly going to do, such as I'm not going to go kayaking on Whiskey Town Lake in a lightning storm. You know? Right. And, and, and I'm not going to go, you know, dancing through a rattlesnake pit. <laughs> rattlesnake pit. But... It's when we have a concern about something that's fine, but it's important to weigh the moment. And I'm actually facing this, this is a little IRL here, Mm -hmm. Um, like I have a meeting next week with a a certain individual who's Mm -hmm. a head of a department, and they are wanting to discuss me coming back and doing a certain, you know, job for them, and I think it's going to be a volunteer position. And I have a whole repertoire and resume of concerns yeah. that I'm bringing to this moment. And it, those are legitimate. I live them. That yeah. really happened. I'm not denying the reality of that. Yeah. And uh, at first when I got this text from this individual uh, kind of floating a trial balloon, I was yeah. like, nope, 
I have learned. <laughs> I, you know, know I have some wisdom from experience. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, there was this check, I want to say a little prompt, a little yeah. hesitation in my, my spirit, in my yes. innermost being, you know, your gut, if you want to call it that. Yeah. It was like, no, why don't you go hear them out? Yeah. And then uh, the more I thought about it, and I talked to the Lord about it, prayer is just conversation, you know, yes. hanging out with him and, and, and hearing from him. If we quiet ourselves, yeah. we can hear what he's saying to us. And um, it was like, you know, I think I'm going to go have this meeting, and I'm going to hear this guy out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things may have changed. Right. I don't know that. I am not omniscient. I, you know, I know what I experience, but I am not going to limit myself Mm-hmm. Just think of the opportunities we could be missing because we're hanging on to a fear or, you know, a bad memory right. or a bad experience. And so, but I'm going to go in um, having prayed about it and talked to my husband about it. And we're going to like, you know, hear him out and then maybe come up with some alternatives or just explore the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And this could be a whole new room of opportunity that's opening up. Yeah. And I do not want to limit myself mm-hmm. by hanging on to a former, you know, bad experience. Yeah. Or a fear that it could repeat itself. Yeah. If I'm in this meeting and, um, you know, and I pray about it later and I really get a sense of, nope, this isn't right. Yeah. But I'm going to give it a moment. I'm going to sit with it. Mm, I love that because I think that fear is always urgent and it can always be this, um, yeah, whereas wisdom is like very enlightened and very invitational. You know, I was um, reading in James and James, the Epistle of James is like super practical. Yes. It's called the Proverbs of the New Testament. I mean, the guy is just so straightforward. Yeah. He talks about, you know, how you use your mouth and all mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. And, and just your relationships. And, you know, if you've got faith, hey, that's awesome. Why don't you show me something <laughs> instead of it yeah. just being theoretical? Yes. It's like be a doer of it. He goes like, don't just hear the word or hear good advice. Yeah. You need to be a doer of it. Or you're going to be like somebody who looks in a mirror and then walks away and forgets who they really are, what they really look like. So it's in the doing of it. And anyway, so he talks about wisdom and he contrasts wisdom, um, earthly wisdom, natural Mm -hmm. wisdom, and how it's rooted in like selfish ambition. Yeah. And it's full of strife and contention. You know, Mm. if you think about that, oh yeah, that's kind of the the world system, isn't it? Dog eat dog kind of thing. Oh, totally. And then he goes on to talk about what wisdom from above is. And we're talking yeah. about higher thinking. Yes. And uh, I mean, the way he lines it out, and this is kind of my checklist I use. Uh, I kind of like, where am I at in my emotions and my spirit about going into a situation or making a decision? Yeah. And he says, this is in James three seventeen, And I'm reading out of the Amplified, which is fun. Mm-hmm. The Amplified Bible just takes words and it uses the original definitions, but it expands on them because the Greek especially has a lot of nuance yes. to the different words. And so I love how it, um, the Amplified unpacks some of the words. Mm-hmm. And so in James 3.17, he says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's undefiled. And I guess yeah. innocent. Yeah. And innocence isn't naivete. It's, it's a choice. We can choose to be innocent and come in pure with an open mind and an open heart. Mm-hmm. It's peace-loving. Mm. It's courteous, considerate, and gentle. It's not a know-it-all, and it's not condemning. Hmm, really. It is willing to yield to reason. In other words, if I'm going to be wise in this meeting or in a decision, I'm, I'm going to be open mm-hmm. to hearing what this other party has to say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and hear their heart and suss yeah. out what's going on, right? It It's willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It's wholehearted Ugh. and straightforward. Love that word. <laughs> it's impartial and unfeigned, free from doubts, wavering, and insincerity. Mm. Wow. So that's my goal. <laughs> I'd say I'm like there. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I can at least be open. I can be reasonable. I can be willing to yield if I find out I'm wrong. Wow. And that's a real differentiation between arrogance and confidence. I mean, you can be a confident person without being arrogant. Yeah. I find arrogant people... They Mm -hmm. have that kind of bravado, Mm -hmm. but they aren't very teachable. 
Mm-hmm. They're not willing to admit they're wrong, mm-hmm. and they don't like to share credit. But a confident person can do all of those things. It'd still be very strong. I love that right? differentiation. Yeah. That's so true because I think, which segues to my next thought of, um, I notice when people really do, and I think that a lot of us get into right and wrong thinking because mm-hmm. of wanting to have a sense of morality and wanting to have um, standards and safety. And that's why we naturally go to, can I just know the rules so I can follow them so I'm good and I'm safe? Right, right. And so I understand why people and I myself can go into a bit of black and white thinking, Mm -hmm. but what can happen is that arrogance and almost like a self-righteousness superior. Yeah. So – what is wisdom not? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I get the whole black and white and the checklist thing, and, and yeah. t- it's just <clears throat> easier sometimes. Yeah. Like, okay, no, check that box. Nope, that's wrong. Not, I'm going to avoid it. Da, da, da. Yeah. I understand that there are non-negotiables in our life spiritually. You know, it's like I'm not going to enter into that kind of behavior, and it's right. destructive, and it hurts others. And right. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, with a checklist— Mm-hmm. That kind of sounds like the law to me, yeah. and it sounds a lot like religion to me. And yeah. let me be clear, you know, religion can have a lot of different definitions, but I'm talking about a very judgmental, oppressive yes. system that is striving for holiness and purity and maybe has good intentions, but the way it tries to arrive at a righteous life or doing the right yeah. thing is a very um, externally pressurized system of a list of rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. And we were never really designed to live like that. If I'm going to live by a checklist, I really don't need to partner with the Holy Spirit, do I? I really don't need to develop a relationship with God. Do I mean, do I? Do I need to hear his voice if I've got the list of rules? Mm -hmm. I'll just check this, check that. But you know what? That is a recipe for misery Mm -hmm. and a small life. Yeah. Because, well, automatically that's out and this out. And I'm not even going to take a moment Mm -hmm. to sit down with a person with a different belief system Mm -hmm. or a different lifestyle, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to get to know them as an individual. Yeah. And and could we, if I am being, you know, open-hearted and wholehearted and compassionate and full of mercy and honoring of that person, am I not limiting myself from what they might be carrying and what great beauty they could bring to my life? And Am I not cutting off the opportunity to develop a relationship mm-hmm. where we could have an exchange and a flow and maybe, and there could be change? Mm-hmm. You know, there could be change and it is burning a bridge instead yeah. of building one. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just really tragic. Yeah, totally. When I was little, um, I said to my mom, Mom, what do I pray for? Like, oh. it was like a, Okay, so we pray at night when I go to bed so I don't have nightmares and um you know and I was I remember her saying to me pray for wisdom. Oh, beautiful. And so from when I was little I would pray for wisdom. I remember praying for wisdom and it's interesting because it's something that I really I just have always had a love for growing in wisdom and having a hunger for wisdom. And so I'd love you to speak to, like, how do we actually get wisdom, especially if we grew up in families where it was super dysfunctional and you're trying to, like, live differently or try and live wholehearted, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned. How do we gain wisdom? Right. And I think it... For me, it, it first begins with a personal relationship with the one who's omniscient, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. and and having you know this relationship with him as my father and a loving father and a good father, which yeah. uh, a lot of times religion, you know, traditional teaching, he's more like he's the guy up there who's mad with the baseball bat, yeah. or we look at God as our father, and maybe we didn't have a good experience with our natural father, and sometimes we make God in our image and likeness when it, you yeah. know what I mean and that's like if you've ever studied mythology from you know the Greeks and it's like man those were just superhuman beings with superhuman cruelty and immorality it was like you know they made God in their image but really getting to know who he is and it that first comes to 
I mean, through the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And people think, well, I don't know. I can't understand the Word. And I know it was written in Hebrew and Greek, and it was written thousands of years ago. I don't know. And you got to have like a degree, don't you? And don't you have to be a theologian? Absolutely not. Right. Because here's the thing. If you know Jesus and he's in your heart, he, you have also the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit wrote the Word. So basically, you've got the author of the Word living inside you. You've got a tutor into the mysteries of God. Yeah. It's actually not even fair. I mean, Jesus said, I'm going away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. It's going to be expedient for you. Um, it's going to be an advantage. You're going to have an edge over mm-hmm. the world because you have the Holy Spirit, and uh, he will guide you into all the yeah. truth. And that's not mm-hmm. just the Bible. That's life. Mm-hmm. That's life. So it's. Um, I find it through the Word. Um, he teaches me. You know, I just follow after interest. What do I need to know? And I just hunt that down in the Word. And there's lots of Bible studies and things you can do. You know, if you want to know more, I'm sure we can um, connect you with those resources. But um, in addition to, you know, reading the Bible, I mean, I learn who God is. I learn who I am. Mm. I learn my identity. If I'm made in the image and likeness of God, I'm a daughter of God. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings. Yeah, I'm an ambassador and part of the bride and on and on. And um, how to relate to other people. I get a world view mm-hmm. um, and, and just great wisdom. So it comes first there. Yeah. Also, um, and it's in the word, um, we can seek out godly incredible counsel Mm -hmm. from others. Mm -hmm. And I look for people, if I'm going to get some advice, um, I look for people who have earned the right to speak into my life. Yes. I mean, you can go to, and you can find people who are going to agree with you. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I know they're going to be on my side in this, and I just want confirmation and, like, pat me on the back and validate my choice that I want to make. It's, no, I'm going to go to somebody who's going to give me some objective yet compassionate and wise counsel. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's going to be something I don't want to hear, but maybe it's something I need to. Right. So I want to look for people with a track record of um, just integrity. Yeah. You know, and and can speak into my life and I trust them and they can confront me. Yeah. If I need it. Then another way um, is to pull on your own experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, experience is an amazing teacher, especially if you live through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's like even from our mistakes and things in the past, yeah. we do draw on that. Like I'm going into this meeting and I have this like history with these people. Yeah. But it's like, okay, but I'm not going to let that limit me. However, I am going in with an awareness of that. Yeah. So maybe I know where I could draw some healthy boundaries. Yeah. So, yeah, experience. When you've lived something, man – that is, I think, the highest level of authority and anointing you can have in an yeah. area. Um, and even your mistakes. Mm-hmm. The beauty is God can redeem mistakes. Mm-hmm. He can redeem anything if we give it to him. It's like, I can learn from that. I've got wisdom. You know, let's say you made a really bad decision in a relationship or, or in a job situation and, and God gets you out of it. You know, you move on. But then you run into somebody who's in kind of in a similar situation. And now you've got some wisdom you can share with them, right? Yeah. And I believe uh, yeah, you've got this testimony of God's goodness to get you out of it, but also you've got this authority really yeah. to set people free and, and yeah, give them some so good, good counsel. But I'll, I know I've just given you like the word and experience and good, you know, advice. Mm-hmm. I think one of the primary ways I try to ascertain wisdom in a situation is listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to my heart. And what yeah. I mean by that is Colossians 3, 15, this is so cool. Uh, Paul says, hey, let peace rule in your heart. And what that literally means in the Greek is let peace act as an umpire. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? That's really and an cool. umpire, like in baseball, will let you know what's safe and what's out of bounds. Yeah. Right? What's a foul ball? What, you know? And so it, when you don't sense peace in a situation, it's like, well, is that just my emotions? But that's where we need to get quiet. And the beauty is, let's say you feel like, eh, I feel like I'm washing my feet with my socks on here. So yeah. I'm off, you know? Yeah. And then, um, but also, okay, so then if I think about, well, I feel like a little uneasy about this, but then, okay, what does the word say? Is there a scripture that comes to mind about this? 
And then maybe I go get some advice. You see what I'm saying? And I draw on my experience. So it's not just one thing. It's like these different signposts mm. along the way. The Bible talks about every word's established by two or three witnesses. So I like to use that as a guideline. Yeah. Like I'll talk to my husband or I'll talk to somebody I really you know, else that I really trust in this area. Um, I'm a, how am I? How's it feeling in my heart? What do I remember? And what does the word say? And I'll tell you, you really won't go wrong. Yeah. You really yeah, yeah. won't win. And it, it's, as you were saying a lot, of, the fear is urgent. Yes. You know, it's immediate. It's like react, don't respond. Mm. We want to respond to a situation uh, at, whenever mm. we can and give it a minute and not rush to judgment. Yeah. And judge things as they appear externally is got to be the number one definition of foolish behavior wow. I find in Scripture. Oh, this tree looks like it's good for food, and it's going to make me wise. And somebody Mm -hmm. said something to me, the serpent, right, Mm -hmm. that contradicted what God had said. And it was judging externally over and over again in Scripture. It's like, well, you're looking at things just outwardly. You don't know what else is going on. We need to get quiet and hear from the one who does. Because judgment is so easy. Like, I heard someone say, like, people who judge a lot are actually really lazy. They haven't, (laughs) they they haven't, they, it actually is costly to do what James is saying, to be open hearted when the offense is so in your face. Yeah. It's yeah. a, a knee-jerk reaction. Yes. And he talks about wisdom from the world being like it's first carnal or natural yeah. and then it's sensual and it then it degrades into the demonic. Wow. So, you know, we start with just, yeah, and now it's animalistic. Yeah. Says, so that's like your first instinct yeah. is to, you know, get back in their face, fight or flight, that kind of thing. But it's like, okay, I'm going to take a beat. Yeah. And I'm going to trust and I'm going to listen. And it, there's vulnerability involved. It takes some courage. Yeah. And you're right. It takes patience. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's yeah. It's going low because, yeah, we could get up on our high horse real quick. So self-righteous. <laughs> so yeah. self-righteous. And it's and it, I think it's a maturing process it to is. go through because I think the dangerous path is when Christians say, because they aren't self-aware of their fear, mm. they say, well, God told me. And, you know, right. and they just react. And that is like, always the trump card. God trump said. card. Oh, okay. And, like, and when yeah. I, it's yeah. like, especially when it contradicts scripture, they, well, God told me, I'm going, yeah, no way. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. We need to revisit yeah. this. Honey. I know. You know but, I know you're very passionate about this, but let's, uh, and then it's totally. like, especially in this day and age, because I mean, everybody's got a pulpit or a platform in the palm of their hand called their phone. Yes. And they're able to post their opinion. So we're getting inundated with opinion and information that is not reliable. And it's a lot of reaction. It's a lot of anger, uh, frustration, and acting out. And especially as we went through 2020 and, you know, the following couple of years, just the polarization and the division Mm -hmm. and everybody was able to lash out. And so I'm sitting here like at home on lockdown and, you know, and I just retired and went into lockdown. So that was a double whammy of isolation, it seemed like. And I'm, you know, looking at Facebook and, you know, Instagram and different things. And it's like these people I knew, who I thought were, you know, pretty wise and godly, but all of a sudden, just when the pressure's on, it's like we're tea bags, you know, when we're in hot water, what's in us comes out. And it's like, who are these people? And and just the anger and the frustration and the fear. And then they were fighting each other and all of that. And I started getting upset. And then, um, but if I'm going to be wise, you know, I mean, the Holy Spirit just arrested me with some of this, um, hey, Let's, you know, some of these were my friends, okay? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to burn bridges, like unfriend them or whatever. And there was a lot of that going on. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's worth saving. It's worth reaching out. It's worth having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so doing that and coming hopefully without all the prejudice, but being open to hear their heart and where they're at. And yeah, so Mm -hmm. I found that really beneficial. Um, I found timing Mm. is really beneficial, Mm -hmm. listening to the strategies and just like, um, I won't go into detail, no names, they shall remain, you know, innocent and protected. But um, there was this one person I'd known for 20 years Mm -hmm. who um, was very frustrated and came out with a public rant 
against some people I care very much about. It hurt so many people. It was yeah. shocking. And I went on a walk with this person's spouse. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to if I would talk with this person, this mm-hmm. guy. And I was so livid. Mm-hmm. The wisest thing, the most loving thing, and it came right out of me. And I, could, I didn't even think about it. I just said, I will talk to him, but not right now. That's so good. <laughs> because if I, it would have been a bloodbath. It yeah. would have ripped us even further apart. And I, yeah. mean, I could have just justified my anger, honey. Yeah. Because what they did was really damaging yeah. and hurtful. And I could have been very, you know, justified in, in defending them and, yeah. and coming at him. But that, he wouldn't have heard it. Exactly. And it would just, and now there's mm-hmm. potential for, and I still haven't had a chance to speak with him, but God's been meeting him in other ways yes. and bringing healing. And so it's a timing thing. Yeah. I had um, a family member pull a real boner. I mean, they, they just really divided the family. This was recently yeah. very hurtful behavior. Yeah. And the relatives called me and said, you know, are you going to talk to this person? And I said, yes, I will. And I am so glad I waited three days. Yeah. Yeah. Just and because I was very upset. Again, it was very hurtful um, what they did. And I could have been very self-righteous. But I waited three days. And when I was able to talk to them, oh, my gosh, it went so well. Yeah. I was calm. I was, I I believe, loving. And they were so open. And they freely admitted their mistake. Wow. And I didn't destroy the relationship. Yes. And you bring healing and reconciliation. And you build that bridge. And just, it was the timing. Mm -hmm. You know? And I can't say I was perfect in the moment I heard it. I wasn't. I mean, I I needed three days and to pray and to calm the freak down Mm -hmm. (laughs) before I did more damage. Which is so wise. And I think uh, if you read through Proverbs, it's sort of re- repeated a few times, like uh, quite often at the start of the chapel, chapel, chapter, see, in Bizline, can't talk, but um, is, is to listen. So true. I mean, that's one of the first instructions in yeah. Proverbs. I think it's in the fifth verse. It's like, you know, you want to be wise, you need to listen and receive yeah. instruction. So it's like, we're not going to be know-it-alls. We're not going to ever fully arrive until we see him face-to-face. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible says we'll know fully as we've been mm-hmm. fully known then. But this is a journey, you know, and, yeah. and it does grow brighter. But yeah, we have to humble ourselves. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old we are, how wise, how accomplished, how intelligent, how much knowledge we have. Uh, we need to humble ourselves and be able to receive instruction, yeah. correction. Yeah. And because I think that's where a lot of people get bogged down is they actually don't know how to listen. Yeah. And I someone told me, like, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Mm. It's like, yeah, I heard that you were like, Duh, you know, you hear it, but did you really ah, listen? That's good. To, like, what's actually happening underneath yeah. the hood? Like, what right. is... And to listen, to learn how to listen to God is a skill in itself. It is. You know? It's in this very noisy world and very distracting world. It's getting quiet, you Mm -hmm. know? And and some people, you know, they meditate and they do different things to just still themselves and and hear, you know, wisdom. Um, I find the way to be more sensitive to his promptings is Mm -hmm. to uh, obey the ones I get. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it's subtle little things that can be like, you come to mind, Ella. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and you keep coming to mind. And mm-hmm. I get this impression that maybe I should call you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. Rationalize this. Rational- no, she's busy. I don't want to bug her. You know, she'll think I'm weird. Whatever. And But it's like, if, what if I just, yeah, okay, I'm going to give her. And like, what have you really needed to hear from me and really yeah. just talk to somebody? And, right. it was, and it's that kind of those little, still, nudges. small vo- yeah. Yes, the nudges. Yeah. And the more, you know, we're, we're like, hey, you really need, you know, mm-hmm. come on, you need to forgive. Yeah. It's so. You just you need yes. to, you know, or give. Or you need to like go over there and just, yeah. and just start to hear that and to step out, uh-huh. step at a time. And we become more sensitive then to his timing, his strategies, and that great counsel. Yeah. I like to call them little pings. Like yeah. even I'm about to like go to New York for the summer. And probably by the time this airs, I'll be in New York. But I had so many clues along the way or <laughs> random people would like message me. How about that? And like, 
<laughs> randomly be like, hey, have you thought about – I just had this idea that you might be going to New York. And, like, what? it was it was like That's little awesome. clues that helped me make yes. wise decisions. Right. It wasn't just you know? one. And yeah. you didn't just have to come up with that on your yes, own. You got no. these little confirmations along yes. the way, like signposts. Okay, you're on the right track. You're yes. on the right track. So yes, that's exactly. beautiful. And um, I love, I'd love to go into maybe an example in the Bible where wisdom is used. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just to give like an example, just to kind of break apart that. Well, why yeah. don't you tell us the story about Solomon well, yeah. and the baby? Yeah. So <laughs> there is a story about Solomon who is known for his profound wisdom in the Bible. Who asked for it as a child. Sounds like somebody else yes. I know. Well, yes, he did. <laughs> I think my mom would have read that and thought, wisdom is a good thing that my I want my kids to have wisdom, there so you go. <laughs> they're safe. <laughs> um, but I, um, yeah, I, so in the story, there are two mothers that come uh, to Solomon, and I'm kind of like butchering the story a little bit, so jump in, Bible teacher, <laughs> if, I, if I miss anything. But these two women come, and there is this child, and the women are fighting over who, who, um, who who the mother really is. So yeah. um, one woman is claiming that it's a child and then the other one is also claiming it. So instead of Solomon using like a let's do a DNA test, which I'm <laughs> sure you couldn't have done that in back in the right. time, but instead of like using accusation, which is what mm. a lot of us do in conflict is like you're like, you know, who's wrong and who's right. He just said, well, let's saw the baby in half. <laughs> Shock and awe. And then the, the, the truth was revealed by the, the real mum who's like screams and says, no, don't, you know, like, that's my child. And I think. And she was even willing to say, just let the other woman have her then. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Just let her. And so that was yeah. the true indication of the true mom. Yes. The heart. Yes. Beautiful. So I love, and in that takeaway of like Solomon, like wi- what wisdom does is it sets up a scenario where mm. truth can naturally be That's revealed. That's and I've had to kind of navigate that as a leader is like when you're dealing with conflict and you could have suspicions about people and kind of intuitive like like if I was Solomon in this, I'm like, I'm kind of feeling like that baby kind of looks like the mom. I'm leaning that towards mom, this one. The, the, you know, and, and I'm kind of like I'm using my discernment of, I remember she was pregnant or like, yeah. you know, you can use your kind of like yeah. thing like that. But instead of like coming in with like his kind of thoughts, he was just like, well, why don't we saw it in half and then you can have each have <laughs> each have half the baby, you know? Yeah. And then truth came forward. That's right. And I think sometimes we go to this is the record of wrongs and this is the facts. Yeah. Other than, you know, I love how that creates a scenario. So, yeah, love you to speak to that story. And he wasn't just following, like, some procedure. That was given to him, like, in that moment. And uh, the strategies, it's it's creativity on steroids. I mean, it's just like pulling it out of, yeah, Yeah. out of the heart of God. So that's – I mean, the Bible is just full of great – accounts of wisdom. And it usually always ties back to people remembering what God had said. Yeah. Like you got the spies going into the land when they were going to, um, Israel had, you know, the Jews had been released from Egypt, uh, the great Exodus, and they're going to go finally into the promised land. And and Joshua and Caleb go in and they spy out the land. And it's like, man, you know, we let's do it. But other people were afraid, mm-hmm. you know, but they had the insight uh, and they remembered what God had said. And so they wind up eventually, after that generation dies out of doubters, mm-hmm. they wind up going in and becoming leaders in that. You know, um, and here's a, an example, maybe a little obscure people wouldn't think of. I think one of the greatest examples of wisdom is the Apostle Paul mm. in this specific way. I mean, this guy was a genius, right? But he gets saved and he had been a Pharisee. And so when he goes and he preaches now to the Gentiles and the Jews alike, he is able 
to effectively communicate truth. He can customize the delivery of the message without ever compromising the mm. truth. And it is such genius and wisdom to see him in operation. He will go to some farmers mm -hmm. in Lystra, and he will talk to them about the God of nature, because they would get that. Yeah. He would meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. They would gain, okay, understanding, and there's establishment of credibility. Oh, this guy gets us. He speaks our language. Yeah. And then he would take them to higher truth. Mm -hmm. He goes to Mars Hill not long after that. He goes like from farmers to philosophers mm -hmm. on Mars Hill in Athens. Mm -hmm. And he is walking around. And there are all these pagan shrines, right? I mean, he's on their territory. Um, this is their culture. There are all these pagan shrines. And this it this is what amazes me. It says he's vexed in his spirit. It's like, mm. oh, because, I mean, he worships God and he sees all these idols and all this pagan worship. And a lot of it is very cruel and it's, you know, darkness and debauchery. And he is grieved in his heart. And um, he's actually kind of ticked. Mm. You know, he just can't stand the atmosphere, basically. But then he decides he's going to preach to these philosophers because they love to gather and hear something new. Right. Yeah. And so he starts speaking to them. And what amazes me, and this is in Acts 17, if you guys want to read it, he starts talking to them and meeting them where they're at. He doesn't come out guns blazing. He's not angry. He's not judgmental. He's not condemning them. Yet we know he's very vexed in mm -hmm. his heart about the situation. But when he speaks to them, wow, it sounds like James, you know, he's like very open and wholehearted and full of mercy. And he starts talking to them about their poets. He quotes, their poets. He says, you've got a shrine over here to the unknown God. Let me tell you. So he establishes this credibility and this understanding, and then he takes them to higher truth. Mm. And it says, some of them said, yeah, you're nuts. And some of them were like, I want to come back tomorrow and hear more. So cool. It was beautiful, mm. just the cultural relevance. And we, we talk a lot about that in churches sometimes. We want to relate to people, but we don't want to compromise. Right. And it can be the truth spoken in love, but it can be meeting people where they're at with an understanding and an honor, mm -hmm. respecting people. And um, Bill was asked this, um, Bill Johnson was asked this recently by an interviewer. They talking about dealing with people, you know, of different um, persuasions and different lifestyles and, and that sort of thing. And how do you walk in honor to people who are sometimes very much in the throes of darkness or very opposed to your viewpoint, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and he said, well, we have to remember that, first of all, all these people, every human being was made in the image and likeness of God, mm. regardless of the current choices they're making or mm -hmm. you know, their persuasions. We need to honor them for that. Mm -hmm. And then we need to honor them for the gifts that they have. God gave them gifts. I mean, you can look at some of the most debaucherous people and, you know, whether they're in an entertainment industry or whatever, right. but they've got genuine gifts. Yeah. They are talented totally. and they could, man, that could be such a blessing and yeah. it just like, you know, just yeah. highlights and enlightens our life and it's just beautiful. But um, yeah, so yeah. if we start there, like you're made in the image and likeness of God and you have gifts and mm -hmm. you are worthy of being honored and respected as a human being. Right. And I want to humanize that person. I don't want yeah. to objectify that person. Right. Person because you're of that political party or you're of that denomination or you're, you've chosen that lifestyle. Therefore, you are right. X and you are condemned right. and all that. No, have I sat down? Have I, you know, I run into a lot of people um, in various circles who have a very strong opinion about, you know, the church I go to. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they've never, and I mean, they have been told, they've heard, but mm -hmm. they haven't listened. Yes. They have heard and, and yeah. they can. They um, kind of condemn you that you are in the throes of heresy, but actually all it has been is hearsay. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They have never once read a book by one of the pastors, attended yeah. a service, listened to a service uh -huh. or anything. Uh -huh. There's no personal interaction. Yeah. It was, I heard from so-and-so who heard from so-and-so mm -hmm. who heard from so-and-so. And it's easy to lump people into a group, objectify them and yeah. prejudge, which is prejudice yes. without ever getting face-to-face 
with any of it or experiencing it at all and right. then making an, an evaluation on your own, you know, after listening to the Lord and yeah. and all of that. So I said, yeah. well, I, do I do that? You know, because then I could look at them and go, well, they do this and they have yeah. judged us yeah. un- unfairly. And then I have to go, yeah. well, wait, do I do that? <laughs> well, and I think you that's know? that's like the, the thing we can't control is people are going to judge. But yeah. I think I can always look – I we can take our own – yeah, I think it's always like powerful when you can look at yourself because you're the only yes. person you can ch- you can change. You can change. You can't change other people, but it's you part can of that change learning yourself. Yeah. And staying humble and going, yeah. okay, maybe I can learn from this experience. Yeah. But that maybe I don't. I don't want to be that. But yeah. do yeah. I do that in other ways? Yeah, yeah. So. totally. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to close in this. And it was something that I when I was moving countries nearly nine years ago, I, um, because I care so much about wisdom, like to me, moving countries with a limited amount of money, barely anything, <laughs> felt wow. very Brave. foolish. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Bravery, foolishness, it kind of seems yeah. like close and to And so another. like that doesn't seem wise or even logical and um, definitely learned a lot from that whole experience. And there's, you know, obviously things that you learn from and make mistakes in that process. But I think coming back to like peace being your governor, Mm -hmm. because in some ways I didn't feel peaceful about taking a risk. And I think that's why it kind of felt shaky when people would kind of judge, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, but then at the end of the day, I kept connecting to my heart, like, what is my, even the higher truth or higher picture I have for my life, does this feel in alignment in the direction? So that was kind of a filter process. But I remember coming across this Bill Johnson quote, and he says, if you live cautiously, your friends will call you wise. <laughs> you just won't move any mountains. Right. And I was like, well, I want to move mountains. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, yeah, can you speak to that? Like, because doing brave things, sometimes people can miss, like, kind of diagnose comfort as peace. Oh, yeah. And there's a difference between comfort zone and peace. So, yeah, can you speak to that idea of, like, you know, living by faith and and taking risks with your life because it's called the Next Brave Thing podcast. So yeah, can you speak to that? Right, right, and um, and a lot of those people they're very well meaning. Yeah, you know they they care about you and they're not um, they haven't received the vision the word yes. that you have. Right. They're just looking at it outwardly, you know, right. and they love you and, yeah. and they're good people, but they're like, oh, I'm concerned. That's a big mm-hmm. risk. You know, I don't want you know anything bad to happen to you. And all those things can be legitimate. I understand that. But it has to be situationally appropriate. In other words, right. it's like, yeah, maybe it wouldn't be wise for me to go off to India right now or go to, you know, China right now. But yeah. I have a calling and a vision to go to mm-hmm. California, mm-hmm. right? And, and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so the thing is fear has torment. Yeah. Okay, that's what the Bible says. And uh, I'm like, okay, because, oh, is this wisdom? You know, that I have this hesitation. But if there's like a torment to it um, and real anxiety, I'd say, okay, that is me reacting. Yeah. Not responding. And I'm like, okay, I have this dream. I have it. It's like the seed that's planted. It's like it's avocado pit-sized seed in my heart. You know, it just won't go away. And I found that our visions, our dreams, our callings will always call. Yeah. They will, because they're without repentance, the Bible says. It's like, hey, once God gives you that vision, that dream, um, he doesn't change his mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We do sometimes. We make excuses. We rationalize, which I like to say is believing rational lies. Sometimes it sounds so logical. It sounds so wise. And it's so sensible (laughs) that you would, you know, do this and do it like this. And you've got to wait till you save X amount of money. And then you're going to, and Mm -hmm. what do you mean you're just going to go to the airport and you don't even have a ticket? Mm-hmm. People have done that. People have and, done and that. And guess what? Miraculously, they, they get a get ticket. It yes. Um, and it's, it's wild. So like, okay. And, yeah. But it's coming from a place of I've heard from God. Yeah. I've sat with it. I, I have some counsel, mm-hmm. you know, for people I trust. Because guys, wisdom comes from counsel. So you don't want to throw the yeah. baby out with the bathwater. Right. Yes. And, and then it's and it's sitting with it. And then it's getting that peace. And it. The Bible talks about a peace that passes understanding. In other words, well, that doesn't even seem logical. Why would you do that? You know, and but you have this sense of nope. 
And I don't know all the details. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I just have a sense that this is going to be exactly what I need to be doing right now. Yeah. And there will be people around you who do not get it. Yeah. Uh, trust and believe. Usually they're, you know, they can be the people that are closest to you. Yeah, which is hot. <laughs> I mean, when yeah. I, I came back from um, school in Oklahoma with a vision for there to be a school in Reading, I told some people, and this is one of those lessons I learned the hard way, but I told some people, guess what? What do you think if we did this? In the, and they looked at me like I was nuts. Mm. They said there will never be a school in Reading. It's like, wow, I got a, you know, Jesus tells it like this. He says it's like, putting pearls before piggies, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, pearls before swine, that expression. Yes. It's like telling people who maybe aren't really trustworthy or don't mm-hmm. get it yeah. and you share something very precious to you and then they try to talk you out of it or they, you know, it's derision and whatever. And it can really cause a spiritual mm-hmm. miscarriage. Yeah. You know, you want to carry this vision. You want to grow it. So I'm like, you know, gestation of, you know, a dream and and the baby's born at the right time. But in the meantime, you're carrying this vision and within you in secret, you know, and then you begin to show eventually. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want that to be aborted. Yeah. Or, or a miscarriage. Wow. And that can come through listening to a lot of doubters. So it comes back to what's in my heart and I want confirmation. And even if you did get um, some counsel from someone that said, hey, not now, mm-hmm. it would resonate with you. Do you yes. know what I mean? And it wouldn't be fear-based. Yes. They would. Yes. That's so important because I think when I've felt – because sometimes people's opinions – can feel very patronizing Mm -hmm. and like you're making a dumb decision and you're a stupid person, but then a wise counsel will say, here's your options. What feels, what feels good, you know, and there's like an invitation and like a, Hey, if you went off and did it and it failed, like, I'm still here. I'm. I love you. It's unconditional. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm not afraid because I know that you're capable. Or yeah. rather than patronizing and making someone feel small and controlling them. Yeah. 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 It's coming. You can just tell when it comes from within, from the heart, and when it's yeah. an external kind yes. of pressure. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yay. Oh, thank you so much You're for coming so, on. Well, we could go on and on. We though, really could. It's just one of those light topics. Oh, yeah, yeah wisdom, wisdom, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just have to have you back on because Aww. I love um, getting more depth into concepts yeah. That to make I it know. not a concept, but something that we embody. So, yeah, I love it. Thank you for Yeehaw. joining, Well, Bernie. thank you for having yeah. me. And I am excited for what's ahead for you. Yeah. Oh, and, thank uh, you. Thank we will you. cheer you on. And I thank love that you're you. doing this. You're just uh, really helping so many people. Mm. And thank you, Bernie. I abundant it. life. Abundant That's life. That's about. That's what we're about. Yes. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully you listened and you didn't just hear today's. (laughs) But anyway, thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening today. Please download, share with your friends and write a review. If you would like to book in a life coaching session with me, go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com or follow me on Instagram at Next Brave Thing Podcast.